Here's a lesson here right now. I'm going to break it all the way down. So a lot of people are like, man, where can I find deals, right? Like this is a tough market. Like you were saying, house. It's tough finding house. Mm -hmm. Man, my team helps me get deals. A great way to find apartments, houses, even hotels, is through property managers or in hotels they call them operators. They don't necessarily call them property managers, but your property management operator. And then you have commercial brokers, right? And then thirdly, you got banks or lenders, right? All of those people are why I got deals. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Mike Ely, and today we're talking about two main topics. We're talking about how he went from broke to millions, back to broke, and then back to millions. We are learning lessons from that experience that he had along the way for the past 20 years investing in real estate, going up, going down, and then really coming back and getting higher than he was in the first place. We're also talking about hotel investing and the, the hotel investments that he's done over the last number of years. First, when he first got started as a hotel investor, and then how he took a basically a, a hiatus as a hotel investor, focusing on apartments and other type of deals, and then how he came back to hotel investing just before the pandemic, and then how he and his business partners pushed through the pandemic, continued to do hotel deals, and have been you know, successful in that market until today. So great stuff, a lot of awesome knowledge today from Mike Ely. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, and I help busy people passively invest in commercial real estate, specifically in apartment buildings and self-storage syndications. If you're interested in learning more and potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form, schedule a call with me, and I will look forward to speaking with you soon. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, guys. I appreciate that so, so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, every single time, I say it all the time, that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't done so yet and you enjoy the show, do take a moment, look us up and hit the subscribe button. That way you'll catch every new episode every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Once again, our guest today is Mike Ely. We're talking about going from broke to millions and then back to broke and then back to even more millions as a real estate investor. We're also talking about doing hotel deals, the types of deals that he does, and we get a lesson on what to look for in a hotel deal. If you're considering a deal, how to get started in evaluating them, some aspects to look at, some really you know, nicely delivered, I would say, bullet points that he fleshes out for us there as well. So a lot of great information today. Without any further ado, here we go. Mike, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Joe. It's great to be here, right? Great to talk with you. And uh, for our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business and your background, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? And then we'll dive right into it. Well, again, Mike Ely, I've been in real estate for over 20 years. Literally, I went from broke to millions. Actually, let's see, from broke to millions to broke back to millions. Oh, man. And so... Uh, all through real estate and started with a two family, what you guys call house hacking. And, uh, and from there, 
I went from doing no money down techniques, over leveraging. I went from zero units to 20 units to getting evicted out of my own home to living in my mom's and dad's bedroom where they painted my room pink and uh, lavender. <laughs> and I was 30 years old. And, uh, but I don't regret any of those things. Uh, and then I went on to start doing taking that time. I read every book I can get my hands on and I learned how to do it the right way. I got some mentors and watched other people do deals and went on to do larger multi-units. Then I got into developing and then here I am doing hotels now. Nice. Awesome. And, you know, I'd love to dig into really all of your story and then also the the hotel investing uh, that that you're doing now. I think that's very unique uh, in the market. But that's interesting. You went from broke to millions, back to broke, back to millions. Can you tell us about that? You know, that, that especially that first roller coaster ride and, you know, lessons that you you learned and, you know, what you would do differently today. Like they say, man, people don't plan to fail but fail to plan. I didn't really have a plan. I, I mean, I've read some books, so like, I really wanted to get in this. I wanted to, I just knew I wanted to make money. That was it. I was just fascinated with money. Like, um, and I went to the library when I was like 14, 15 years old. And at the time, junk bonds were hot. And the minimum investment was like $50,000. And I was like, well, I put that back on the shelf and kept going down. (laughs) And then I saw Robert Allen, no money down. And that's when I learned different techniques on how I can leverage. A guy like me that didn't grow up with any money, right? Or a family that had money or even friends with money. You know, we were middle-class and you know, I saw my mom with a hundred dollar bill on her dresser one day, and I thought that was big money. But I, I used those those strategies to get into real estate, and that's how I got started. But then it was Carlton Sheets, where his strategy is like, look, you can over leverage; that'll pull out enough cash to go buy your next deal. Great strategy, but a lot of discipline. But if the market changes, you're in trouble, right? Because you're in a property. And those were the good times, man. You could talk to the appraiser and tell them what you <laughs> believe the appraisers should be. Imagine that. So you're wondering why you can't talk to the appraiser right now and the banks won't allow it. That is why. We're like, clearly this thing's worth 80 or 90. Oh, it's worth 150. Don't worry about <laughs> it. No doc loans. And, uh, but I had bought a whole bunch of junk property and and, and then I lost my job. And then I was dependent on the cash flow and riding Peter to pay Paul. And that's kind of how it kind of fell apart. And um, that's when I went back home. But then I, I worked my way back and I found me some investors after I did a couple of successful deals. I was like, man, I got it now. I know I need to set this up. And then after I, I did that, um, what happened? I kind of found myself in the same place again. Like I didn't have the right reserve set up. Um, I didn't have the right structure. You know, uh, we were doing things where we, yeah, we didn't reserve. Let's just say that. Like mm. when tax time, tax time came, we took it out of cash flow. Oh, you just didn't get paid the next month of the month after. And then I'll never forget we saw a partner. They literally were escrowed for taxes. 
They're escrowing for reserve, for CapEx. And so when taxes came one time and they paid it and we still got our check that month, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I wish I could tell you I just knew all these things. But <laughs> I, I did a lot of learning by watching, man. I, again, I'm not brilliant, but I do watch. And when I see something that makes sense, I use it. And so um, but I, I caught myself doing more projects and you know, you got all these taxes, reserves, you got CapEx, and you don't have enough. Like when I did a deal, I just bought it and I was like, we'll figure it out and reserve. But the other thing, when you buy property, man, you're supposed to have all of that set aside, you know, three to six months, six months, not necessarily necessary, but if you can, that's great. But at least three months of reserves of everything, taxes, operating. And when you go through the building, Make sure you have all the money that you need to renovate uh, items that need to be done right then and there. You know, don't be like, oh, we'll make money. You know, I mean, that's how I got started. And if that's your only way to get in, I'm not not saying not to. But if you want to sleep at night and, and, and be good, you know, do those things. And so I didn't do those things at first. And I caught myself almost going down again. Um, but I was like, man, I'm not going back there again. I fought my way out. I found me a couple of deals. You know, last time I would kind of went down swing without swinging. I was just like, man, I'm tired. I'm more because I had a car wash. And look, that's when I first learned about April showers made flowers, man. I I didn't know it rained every day in April <laughs> until I had a car wash. <laughs> so things like that almost took me back. But I started planning. I started putting strategies in place start putting reserves, start escrowing. And man, no matter what happened, I made money every month. Even if I had vacancy, I budgeted, uh, pay yourself first. I, I said, all right, I'm, I don't care. I'm gonna pay me this much. I don't care if it, let's say a property netted $1,000 a month or 1,500 that month. All I said, I was taking five or 600. And, and I put that back. And that covered maintenance. Like I had a budget item for maintenance, I had a budget item for it, and we didn't use all the maintenance that month. It carried over. And then after a quarter, if it was still excess, I pulled the excess out and I kept doing it over and over again. But that's kind of a hard system to teach somebody when, you know, you got to manage it, right? Because they they're so busy doing other things. But when I ran the day-to-day like that, you know, we always got to check. Mm, so you had to take take some serious lumps to really see that that was the biggest flaw in the plan, I suppose, the, the first time around. You saw that coming uh, second time around and you made changes to the business system to to make sure it didn't happen again and, you know, make sure you could uh, keep growing. Yeah. And listen, your your people, your listeners, your viewers, you don't have to go through this. Just listen. <laughs> Escrow. Hey, if I can tell you anything escrow don't over leverage right and budget in advance okay it's that simple it's really simple Okay. Okay. Definitely. Uh, definitely good advice. And I, I want to make sure we mention that you did uh, write a book on this topic as well from broke from broke to millions. You mind uh, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I wrote a book from broke to millions, kind of sharing all these different things, my experiences. I literally share my my ups and my downs in real estate. And, 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 and so that people as 
of myself that had no one in the industry, did not have a mentor, literally could take these same steps and apply it. I share how to find deals, you know, how to use a wholesaler, how to raise capital, how to analyze the deal, the, the basics of cap rates and turnover rate of return, what mindset you need to succeed in real estate and how to get started. You can use all these techniques. I mean, it's a book of valuable information that's kickstarted a ton of real estate careers and, and it's, it's very comprehensible. Very easy. Like I said, I like to call it idiot proof. And you'll find, uh, I promise you, it's a great asset to have and it'll help catapult you in your real estate career. Awesome. Awesome. So you're doing deals in hotels and apartments. I think the the hotel aspect is very unique uh, these days, especially, you know, we're hopefully toward the end of the pandemic. And we were talking before we recorded about some of the hotel deals that you had done. And I know that you know, some of our listeners out there are interested in whether there's opportunity in hotels and really how to see it, what these deals look like and everything. So can you tell us about, you know, how you got started at, in, in hotels specifically and then, you know, the deals that you did along the way there? Again, don't be like me. Starting... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my buddy called me the other day because he had read my book and, um, he wanted to emphasize, Mike, you did not fail. You were just the mad scientist. You're always trying to figure out how to do this and make money. And you just don't quit. You just do that, Matt. So don't have, he's like, please stop saying you failed. But literally, man, I failed, man. My first development project, I was fortunate in a good space. Um, but I had the opportunity to be in this development. I won the RFP and then I put this team together. And I had no idea how to develop, none. And so I brought in people, like that's me. I leverage people. And so I brought them in on this deal and it was gonna be a, a dual, first it was gonna be a, a apartment with a hotel and then we moved to a dual brand hotel. Bottom line, lost it, uh, failed. Lost 400 grand, the project fell apart and to this day, this was over eight years ago, maybe. That thing's not been developed yet. And there you go again. What was me? And look, I was embarrassed. I was on TV. They wrote articles on me. And I, I and already when I won, I, I went back home and told my family, like, I'm I'm, I'm like Rick James. Um, I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> 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 and now I'm. There you go. I'm 400 in the hole. Oh, man. <laughs> and so, uh, but I learned the importance of team. I, I literally went to school of uh, hard knocks or Harvard uh, in, in that two-year period, three-year period. I learned how to put a strong team together. I learned the importance of partnerships. I learned how to be a leader. I learned in, uh, on how developments are really put together and how time is not your friend. I understand what real costs are in, in a development process and the intricacies of how you must leverage the city versus politics and your local community to get your development done. And so, but through that, that's what made me want to be a hotel because I had no idea. I was like, hey, we could put some commercial office space in apartments. And my man was like, no we're building a hotel. And I was like, okay, that's what we're doing. 
And and I saw, I learned that seeing how much money was going to make, man, like $70 million development. And by the time it was done, just by having keys, I could sell it for a hundred million. I was like, I'm all in, bro. Like, bring it in. But I can't really say that. I mean, that really kicked it off. But really, I saw some hotelers and I saw how they were living. And I was like, I want that. I mean, to be real frank, they look good. They look relaxed. They had a nice, a very nice lifestyle. And then I started learning about the, the depreciation they were getting, as I shared earlier. Like, I got partners that have owned hotels for 15, 20 years. They don't pay federal taxes. <laughs> Not Legal. because they Legal. avoid them. They just have, and look, these are people making a, a million and a half, two and a half, three million a year. No federal taxes because they got so much depreciation that is carried over. And right when they got to pay it back or whatever they do, they go build another one. So then you get all the construction. I mean, you got to realize uh, that if you're just doing a standalone hotel, you're going to spend 13 to 20 million dollars and you could write so much of that off. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love it. So you went for that first deal, I think you said uh, eight or so years ago, and then it didn't go well. I, I suppose it sounds like maybe you you went back to the drawing board, uh, at least on the hotel front for a few years. And then the, was the next deal in hotels uh, just before the, the pandemic? What, how did that all yes. work out? So what happened, I met another operator because my guy, he only had did one hotel and I'm not knocking it. Like, it's, it's funny, man. <laughs> I thought that was so huge. Like, oh my gosh, you own one hotel. Like, that's amazing. It's $20 million hotel. And then I started meeting all these people that own like 13 hotels, wow. 30 hotels. And I looked at my buddy like, Bert, you're terrible, man. You only own <laughs> one. What are you doing in life? Rookie numbers. <laughs> you're lame, man. <laughs> but no, uh, I think, yeah, it was literally, well, my fifth year, about fifth or sixth year of trying to do a hotel. I finally, no, it was about my seventh year. I can't remember exactly, but no, exactly. It was 2012, 2013 when that happened. And so 19, yeah, it was about six years later. I had the opportunity to buy this courtyard and we kept going back and forth. And I ended up getting it for $7 million where it was already worth 10 million. We knew it just needed a renovation. We knew average daily rate, which is your monthly rent. Right. But it adjusts every day. Literally one day is $80. The next day it could be 130. You got a big event. It could be 300. And so that's why you got so much ups and downs and so much value there. And we bought it and I'm like, I'm cheering and here we go. And, and But my first two months were slow. Then after that, I started making money. I started doing distributions. And then you know, January is a slow month. February is a little slow, but we start picking up the first two weeks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. It's like the best movie ever. And then the tragedy comes, COVID, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. holy smoke, what are we going to do? And, but I was, I, you know, honestly, I felt confident through that. I mean, naturally, I didn't have no idea what was going to happen. 
But I was like, in that short period of time, we saw apartments, Danny, being strong. People were scared about apartments too. But by April, May, we saw the value of apartments going up. We saw people still paying. The government actually, instead of just bailing out big corporations, they bailed out America. And so because of that, we knew we were going to make it through. And I was like, you know what? If worst case, I'll convert my hotel to apartments because we were still getting people staying. It was just not 145 rooms selling. You know, we were only selling 30 to 60 rooms. So I was like, well, you know what? We can take half of these rooms, make it apartments because I was in it for cheap enough. And we still do the hotel on this because if we did the hotel on like 60 to 80 rooms, we still would have generated about 2.4, 2.5 million. And then the, the other section would have generated another 600, 800,000. So we'd have been in a good place. But really, we just need to do a renovation, which we started now. That was a fight. And But we're going to take this hotel for, that we're all in for $7 million, be all in for eleven, and it'll be worth sixteen, seventeen by the time we're done. But I have to tell you, uh, the hotel industry was one of the toughest things I've ever done. Hmm. Uh, literally, if you include my time, you know, some people are like, oh, my goodness, you wake up, you was an overnight success. Look, remember, I lost 400 grand. <laughs> remember, <laughs> I got slapped and I, I, I was embarrassed. <laughs> and I, I pulled my family in for a meeting, tell them we balling out. <laughs> and now we're like, uh, we just going bowling. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then I started finding more opportunities because I saw it as 2008, like the Great Recession. Like, whenever there's big problems, there's big opportunities. And so uh, I saw this as an opportunity. I thought it was going to be like the Great Recession where I became stabilized. I fortunately, when I went broke, I lost it before the Great Recession uh, in 2002, 2009. So, and when I lost, that's when I learned how to do short sales by non-performing notes. I helped people from filing bankruptcy. And so I, I used that same leverage to do deals to make me money. So I was going to do the same thing I did in 2008 through this pandemic. The only difference is I, I was successful in doing that, but the market changed a little. They were smarter as they should be. Instead of putting all their properties out in the open market and foreclosing, the banks and servicers worked with the people and they sold it in-house instead of putting it out to flood in the market. And so uh, we were prepared to buy 100. Again, I like doing BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. <laughs> I was like, we're going to get like 10, 20 hotels. And my partner's like, no, we're going to get 100. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're going to get 100. <laughs> Only got four. So, but I think that's okay. <laughs> nice. So. so, four more hotels. And we had seen, uh, at least here in my area, I saw a couple of um, distressed hotel deals actually occur where they, you know, looked like the ownership was going to lose the property, got foreclosed on, they ended up selling it. For those, you know, deals, is that what ended up happening? Were you buying them basically out of foreclosure? And, you know, how, as you're looking at a deal and all that. Here's a lesson here right now. I'm going to break it all the way down. So a lot of people are like, man, where can I find deals, right? Like, this is a tough market. Like you were saying, your house, it's tough finding house. Mm -hmm. Man, my team helps me get deals. A great way to find apartments, houses, even hotels, is through property managers or in hotels, they call them operators. They don't necessarily call them property managers, but you're property managing operator. And then you have commercial brokers, right? 
And then thirdly, you got banks or lenders, right? All of those people are why I got deals. So the lenders were reaching out to some of these commercial brokers like, yo, I got a deal. This guy wants out. I don't want to foreclose. Quietly find me a buyer. That broker then sent to my operator, my property manager, and the manager sort of says, hell, Mike, I got this deal. And then I put the deal together. So you got a servicer, a broker, and an operator. Those are people you need to make a relationship. Guess what? After I start doing deals with the lender, the lender now goes comes directly to me. So now you got this circle. And people are like, Mike, do you go looking for deals? Actually, I don't look for deals anymore. Now, I'm not saying I didn't put any work in. A lot of it I didn't, but I worked to establish these relationships that would feed me. Nice. So I'm not saying, hey, I'm not looking. I just, I did all the work in advance. You'll learn that I'm the I'm the hardest working, laziest man you ever meet in your life. <laughs> well, you are uh, breaking the fourth wall here. You did get out, you know, this is 7 a.m. Uh, podcast interview here. So you are you know, waking up uh, fairly early to to do this interview. I wake up early to do a lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess to, to sum it up, I, one of the big things I'm curious about, and this is a huge conversation, I'm sure, but if for the folks out there, if they're looking at passively investing in an apartment, or sorry, not apartment deal, in a, in a hotel deal, what do they need to look for, at least at a high level, or or maybe where are some areas that they could, places that they could learn about hotel investing to just say, hey, is this a good deal, bad deal? You know, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. Man, if you go out there, there's nothing on hotels. Mm-hmm. But the good thing, man, I, I'm telling you, if you're starting off, go to a hotel conference. They got the Hunter Conference. They got the Lodging Conference. And, and you can learn a lot there. They don't have the ABCs, but you, you need to form a relationship with a hotel operator. I think that's where you start, because if you don't have an operator, you're not going to get in the hotel business. Bank's not going to even lend you money unless you buy it at cash or it's low leverage. Right. But the one big thing you need to understand is ADR, your average daily rate, your occupancy. And that's it. Once you learn those kind of two things, it's a basic formula that you create your revenue, and then you know there's a certain percentage. For example, here's an easy one. You got a 100-room hotel. Well, you need to know how many rooms you got. So you take 100 rooms, you multiply that times 365, because that's the number of days in a year you have, right? So now you got 36,500 rooms available for a year. And then that you learn that the average occupancy of a hotel is 70%. No, let's, for easy math, let's just say 50%, right? So you say 50%, so you take half of that 36, and that's going to be about- uh, 18,250, right? Right? Then you yeah. multiply yeah. that times the average daily rate, and that's going to be your gross income, right? Then you should net 20 or 30% of that, and that's your NOI. Then you take that and subtract it from your debt. Now, how can you confirm what the occupancy and the ADR is? And now us in apartments, we have CoStar, we got MLS, we got cap rates, we got brokers that we could talk to that can share us these numbers. Well, hotels, you don't really have that. But, but actually, I'm sorry, I take it back. 
Hotels, you can get it all in one place, and it's called the Star Report, S-T-R. And literally in that report, it'll give you a comp set of the hotels that are similar to yours in your area. It shows you what the occupancy is, shows you what the ADR is, it shows you what occupancy ADR, rev part, which is revenue per available room. And you take those things, and if you can match that up, Right. If your your comp set, your hotel is performing below and these other ones are performing at, that means if you fix it up or you change your management, you should be able to get to that number and you can create value. But if all the hotels are working below your hotel, you don't want that thing. So that's kind of the basics of, of what you want to know. Awesome. Well, you know, it's a complicated topic and I think you you really provide our listeners you know, a few great things to look into, at least at a first pass, analyze uh, one of these deals. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. The first step to growing your wealth is tracking your wealth, income, spending, and everything else about your finances. You can start tracking your wealth for free and get six free months of wealth advisory with personal capital by going to escapingwallstreet.com and using our link. Create your free account today and automate the way you track your money. Personal capital is my preferred way to track my finances, and now we're making that available for listeners. Terms and conditions apply. See the personal capital website for details. Once again, to get the offer, go to escapingwallstreet.com and use our link. Back to the show. All right, Mike, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> I'm sure you are. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Man, I knew the highway was coming in Cincinnati. And so I bought up all these parcels of land. They were just junk properties. I bought them at the end of the year tax sale. Well, they basically give them away. I literally paid $300, $500, $1,000 for multiple parcels. I sat on, all I did was board it up. I sat on it for a year and a half. I thought it'd be seven years by the time it came. Two years later, they bought every single one of my parcels at 80 to 180,000 a parcel. One of the best returns ever I did. Nice, nice. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What was the worst investment you ever made? You know, I think it was when I bought this car wash and I didn't really know how to manage it. It was one of the best lessons I learned. I learned how to operate a business. And again, understanding reserves and cash flow. Uh, but man, it was taxing, man. I was working 14, 15 hour days, man. Like I'll do the car wash and that. I will never, ever buy a car wash again. And, and plus, I didn't know it rained for 30 days straight in April, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people people aren't washing their cars when it's raining. Yeah, no. Hey, it, but what was crazy is I thought summer would be the best time where you make your most business in car washes. Some of you may know that you may know it, but basically October to February, really December to February is going to be your best months in the car wash business. Everybody's trying to get the salt off their car. Like my average day was probably 60, 80 cars. And I was a small car wash. But when winter came, I would do 150 cars in a day. Wow. Interesting. Good to know. My yeah. favorite question here at the end of the show is, what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Just don't quit. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. It's not 
if you fail, but when you fail and what are you going to do? Uh, just get back up. Yes, do due diligence. I'm not saying not to do due diligence. Get you a teacher, get you a mentor. Don't be stubborn like me. I was like, I'm just going to figure it out. It took me 20 something years. I'm teaching people now and they're doing what I took me 20 years. They're doing in 18 months. So get you a teacher, get you a mentor, listen to podcasts, surround yourself by people that's doing it. Uh, look, I love all my friends. I love all my friends. We grew up together. I still talk to them. But when you see me out when I'm hanging, I'm probably with people that own businesses or doing real estate because that's all we talk about all day. Yes, we're sincere. Yes, they're my friends. I will do anything from them. But my best friends, if you're not doing what I'm doing, we still talk. But this is where I want to go. So educate yourself. Invest in yourself. Don't be afraid to spend $1,500 or the $10,000 if you believe and they got good referrals that they're doing something, right? I didn't say just go get anybody. Spend the money. It'll be worth it. And don't be afraid to do it. It was life-changing. And I see me coaching other people. Now, I'm not saying that because my program is so great, but it is. But seriously, I saw life when... I was coaching my son's football team. The sixth and seventh grade year, I kind of sat out. I didn't really teach. But his seventh grade year, I was fortunate enough to be working with the top-ranked coach for a football team, Moeller, in Cincinnati. It's the top. They normally had ranked in the state, one or two, right? I sat behind him and watched him coach. He would run three or four different offenses and one uh, defenses in one game. I was like, who the hell does that? Like, how do you run four or five different? And just by watching him and sitting behind him, I stepped in next year without even that skill set. I did more studying and I had one of the best defense that program ever had that year. They only scored. We held people to 21 points for the year. We went from a losing record to a winning record. My defense won games. That's all behind a good teacher, a mentor, a coach. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just imagine if you paid for one. That was free. <laughs> nice. Well, that, yeah, that mentorship and, and coaching has helped me and uh, many others in this business. And thank you for uh, your, your mentorship and coaching here today on this uh, podcast interview. If folks want to reach out, if they want to learn more, if they want to track you down or you know hear about what you're up to, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can go to www.nassauinvestwithas.com. So www.nassauinvestwithas.com. You can find our book. If you want to join a mastermind, you want to be an investor, you want to see what we've done in the past, just go to our website. No matter what you want, just send a, a set up a strategy session uh, and call us. You know, we get somebody on the team to talk to you. Great. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, if you don't mind, guys. That helps so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. 
I see those reviews and that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.